Hello everybody, welcome back to Witch Fix. For you guys, it's only been a week, probably, since you heard my voice, but I have not reviewed something in the longest time, and I feel like I say that a lot these days, um, but it's mostly because I've been snowed under with this one specific book that I've been reading, because it was super long. Uh, so today I'm going to look at The Witch Hunter by Max Seek. Um, I picked this up in the library, it was just on display, and it was bright yellow, and it has a pentacle made of sticks on the front, and I was like, ooh, a book that has witch on the cover, and also a pentacle. Interesting. Also, the, the tagline on the front is, the most terrifying serial killer you'll ever meet. Which grabbed my attention, uh, I feel like I don't read a lot of crime novels, or thrillers specifically, about like witchcraft and occult stuff, which is bananas, because I write thrillers and stuff and tend to like put occult stuff and things in them so you know this is right up my alley and yeah i never seem to get around to to reading things in that genre so i was excited checked it out of the library and then it took me weeks to read because in my defense it's about 500 pages long and yes that will factor into how i feel about it because it was it was such a long book guys and i feel like my biggest criticism of it um, is that I personally feel like it didn't need to be that long. Uh, and unfortunately, this is another one of those books where there's a lot about it that I didn't like. But it's kind of unusual because the plot isn't one of those things. The plot was great. I just didn't really get on with like the way the story was being told. But I did really enjoy the story. So I want to go and say right off the bat that if you think that the story I'm about to describe to you I'm trying to keep some spoilers out of it i'm just going to give you like the blurb sounds interesting definitely go and read the book before you listen to the review and i spoil it for you because the, the plot is the thing that i enjoyed most about it so the, the back of the book says when the story ends the hunt begins detective jessica niemi is drawn into a high profile investigation after the wife of famous author roger Caponin is killed in a bizarre ritual as more twisted murders occur in the coming days it becomes obvious that jessica is hunting a serial killer one that is taking brutal inspiration from Caponin's uh, best-selling trilogy has a devoted fan lost their mind or is this case more personal uh, so uh, it's basically a story about a guy who's written a book or a book series uh, of the witch hunt books is what they're called and so they kind of share a title with the book that you are reading and they seem to be about an actual witch hunt set in the past uh, we don't really get a huge amount of information about like what the story is we just sort of hear about what the murders are in the books but someone is reenacting murders and uh, sort of witch executions from those books, starting with the author's wife. And then every chapter brings something new and something horrifying and weird. Um, starting with the fact that the killer appears to have spoken to the head detective while at the crime scene, disguised as a crime scene technician. There's weird messages left in the snow. Uh, there's the, the positioning of like the dead woman's face in this awful kind of like joker-esque smile basically every chapter ends with, with something new and horrible someone else dying some new crime scene a breakthrough in the case that spells danger for one or more people involved and i really like that it, it was a, a, a good way at least at the start of the novel of, of keeping um, the tension high and keep it kept me really engaged I, the problem is like it went on for 500 pages and it began to feel like you know a, a magic show where someone pulls something out of a bag is quite exciting 
when it goes on for eight hours and they just keep pulling stuff out of the bag, you're like, I've seen this trick already. When will this end? Um, that's sort of how I felt about it. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're interested in the plot that I've just described, definitely go read the book. But now I'm going to be talking about it sort of more in detail. So to start with, I think this may have been translated. It's set in Finland. And on Goodreads, like, the the description of it is not in English. Uh, and so I think this might be the English language version of a book that was originally published in Finnish. Because this is the UK edition. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go on a limb and, and say that it was translated and so i don't know if some of like the clunky writing of it is to do with the fact that it was translated if it was um or if it was just written like that because that's just like the writing style um it's sort of in that nordic noir genre uh, which i i always thought that i kind of quite liked and this book had me questioning that like whether this was a genre that i enjoyed um because a lot of it is about like groups of quite grim and grizzled police in a room together talking about the crimes and weirdly what it reminded me of was something that isn't really in the nordic noir genre because it's set in america and i think written by americans um is the pj tracy books specifically i think the third novel in that series called um want to play or want to play a game something like that uh, and the subject matter is quite similar too so broadly speaking that novel which i really enjoyed um when i read it as a, as a i think a teenager i've read it several times since is about some people who have created a video game and previously in life they were all hunted by a, a murderer and they had to change their identities uh, and become really security conscious and move and, and all of this stuff uh, and they work together as a team they create this video game and then someone starts staging murders from the game and they begin to suspect that maybe the serial killer that was following them before is back and we see through lots of different characters' perspectives, um, but especially through different police officers as they investigate it and become involved. And that's sort of what this was like. The perspective, obviously the subject matter is is the same. It's sort of like copying a work of, of fiction, something that isn't real, and doing the murders from it. But also the storytelling style, where it kind of hops around in people's brains. We get Jessica, who is like touted as a main character on, on on the back of the novel, but she's only one of several different characters in the police who we get their input on, we see from their perspective. We also see from the, the author's perspective at the start of the novel, like the, the author whose wife has been murdered, not the author of the actual book, um, and, and other people as well. So the perspective hops around a lot. I wouldn't say that that was a sort of style that i genuinely enjoy um but again that's just like a personal taste so i found it quite difficult to get to grips with the different characters and kind of differentiate them because broadly speaking the narrative style is the same for all of them there wasn't like a, a kind of voice that, that helped me tell them apart even though obviously it's told in the third person so it uses their name but when i was reading it i was like okay but which one is this which guy is this because I, I i've forgotten his name all the names are obviously not like names that i'm familiar with aside from jessica so that got a little bit confusing so there's that confusing element but also at the end of each chapter i've said that there's these like different bits um they sort of go into the end of the chapter and then there's just a reveal like oh my god i've just spoken to the killer oh my god we've seen the words malleus maleficarum 
written in the snow on the roof of this dead person. Oh my god, sandwiches have been delivered to the police station with human teeth in them. I didn't make that up, that actually happens. <laughs> uh, and, and different things, and they're investigating lots of different lines of inquiry. They're having two guys followed because they were, like, at a talk that the author did and asked him some weird questions. They're looking for this tub that they've been floating witches in because it must have been filled recently and they're looking for like how much water has been used in different houses across the area but then they won't mention that again for like 10 chapters and then by the time it comes up again you're like oh yeah that thing so having all of these different surprises at the end of the chapters creates so many different lines of inquiry and so many facts that for me it was really difficult to kind of keep them all straight in my head and try and work out what was going on. They also, the, the police themselves, pose so many different theories, um, some of which just don't make sense. Um, so I think we're given a list of, of the order of, of the victims in, in which they're murdered in the book. And then Jessica says, one of the police officers says, unless those murders have been carried out already, because they're looking at murders that seem to have been committed out of order or like one was at the beginning of the list and one was like several murders later. I had to go and find the list because I was confusing myself. It's on page 115, it, um, a little list that the police have of the murders committed in the Witch Hunt series. Uh, so there's a woman drowned under the ice, a woman who has been poisoned, a man who's been stoned to death, and that's all in book one. And then book two, a man is stabbed with a dagger, a man is burned at the stake. Book three, woman crushed to death by heavy stones, woman burned at the stake. So they're saying, you know, maybe we're, we're looking at these out of order maybe there's a body somewhere that we haven't found except that they found a man and a woman burned at the stake at the same time um and then the first two women were like murdered and drowned uh poisoned and drowned so that means that the first two murders line up with the first two in book one but then we're missing a man stoned to death and a man stabbed with a dagger and then it says a man burned at the stake but there's a woman crushed to death between the man burned at the stake and the woman burned at the stake. And yet they found the two of them burned to death at the same time. So that theory doesn't even make sense. And it kind of made me question or like not feel entirely secure in the intelligence of the, of the people investigating the case or their kind of grasp on the facts. And having a theory that's kind of wrong because you've had two of the murders that aren't next to each other in the list committed at the same time muddies the water and kind of confuses the, the facts even more than trying to remember them over the course of 500 different pages. Uh, so I found that a little bit annoying. One thing I think would have really helped in one, cutting down the length of the book, and two, cutting down a lot of my confusion, is not including really long flashback chapters to a, a previous period in Jessica's life, um, which starts out of freaking nowhere. Uh, in like chapter 11 I, I think is is the first one so we've got all this stuff happening with all the murders and all of the um crime scenes and all the different perspectives we're talking about like different murders and things like that and then we cut in in chapter 11 to a point where jessica is i think in like i don't know venice or italy or yeah venice don't doubt yourself sarah you remember correctly um and the chapter doesn't start with you're in venice now or a date to tell you that it's it's a flashback. It just starts, I'm sorry for your loss. The words echo so vividly in Jessica's mind, it almost feels like she said them out loud. She passes the kneeling olive-skinned figure whose grief-sticking gaze is glued to a name etched in the white stone. So she, she's in this graveyard, and you're like, 
why is she here is this near the house in the crime scene is this like a lead that she's following up why are we here and then sort of gradually as you read more of the the that those first two pages like halfway down the second page it's like oh we're in venice and this is the past and jessica is is in venice she meets a musician has a love affair with him he turns violent i'm going to trigger warm for um sexual assault in in the novel so be aware of that uh he, he turns violent there's like a violent altercation with him that ends in her like leaving venice uh trying to get away from this crime that's being committed um and that's sort of how she meets and forms a relationship with one of the police officers who she now works with he's sort of like become a, a sort of paternal figure i really feel for me at least that these sections did not need to be there there are quite a lot of chapters sometimes you're like two or three at a time all set back in venice it's just about her love affair with this guy who she doesn't entirely trust and then sort of what happens after that it doesn't really do a lot for me in terms of setting up jessica's character we still don't really know who she is we find out in the, the main body of the novel that she's actually lying to everyone she works with and pretending to just be your average policewoman when actually she's inherited a huge amount of money after all of her family died in a, a car accident uh, when they lived out in la so she's actually like a millionaire and she has a studio apartment with a door inside it which leads up to a very impressive sort of penthouse area which she doesn't want anyone she works with to see um and goes to great pains to kind of hide the fact from them that she has so much money uh, and that told me more about her character and sort of solidified her a bit more in my mind than this sort of extended flashback to venice but we don't really find out a lot about her it's more just things happening to her and she doesn't seem to be like picking or choosing or, or making any impact on what's happening i'm going to get into serious spoiler territory now to discuss the end of the novel because as much as i found like things that annoyed me about it i was genuinely kind of interested in the plot i was like so who who is doing these murders and why why was really a mystery to me what were they trying to achieve was it about the author were they trying to like ruin his reputation or were they as the back of the book kind of says you know a, a fan who is just trying to like bring the books to life and i was really interested to find out why all these weird things were happening like you got people being burnt at the stake seemingly abducted from the police with no effort whatsoever but then we find out that actually maybe one of them wasn't the author himself maybe he's disappeared maybe he's part of it all of these interesting questions up in the air so i soldiered on i kept reading determined to get to some answers and then the end of the book was basically just set up for another book which always kind of annoys me because it's like i really want questions to be answered in the book that they are asked in um especially for a book this long and i will keep talking about how long it is weeks of my life um so we get to the end and we find out that there's this clinic um, basically all of the victims have some sort of connection to mental health they've written like a thesis on what causes schizophrenia or they are a therapist or you know various things they like, work for a drug company they're, they're tied into the mental health industry and they end up at this clinic where the author roger Caponen, was treated and start asking questions about him there and it turns out and this is 
from my understanding of reading the end of the novel, so I apologise if I got any of this wrong. But it turns out that this whole thing has been orchestrated by almost a cult led by a woman who started up this mysterious clinic who wants mentally ill people, like people with schizophrenia and other um, serious mental health issues, wants them to believe that there's nothing wrong with them. They have just embraced a new and different way of thinking that doesn't need to be dealt with with therapy. It doesn't need to be medicated. She thinks that they are just like a new kind of thinker. Uh, and instead of giving all their money to drug companies and therapists, they should give it all to her and follow her. And she wants to like spread this all over the world. And she used to treat Jessica's mother um, and sort of seemed to be grooming Jessica's mother to take over as like head of this group because she was like a charismatic actress. But Jessica's mother didn't want to do that. And then the car accident happened, which may or may not have been caused by the cult. Unclear. And now she's kind of obsessed with Jessica and wants Jessica to take over instead. And all of this, all the murders taken from the witch hunt book, all of the you know, crimes committed and all of this stuff, has been to raise the profile of the books written by Roger Capone, who is a member of this group, to spread the books which have their like hidden messages in them and open people up to accepting her philosophy and her cult concept and to me this felt weird and kind of like a weak explanation for all of this stuff that's been happening like this is a cult that has stoned people to death crushed people to death burned two people at the stake drowned a woman poisoned another one they've smuggled human teeth into sandwiches at the police station they've made Roger Capone appear to die but then he was on CCTV so people knew that he was still alive they've done all of this stuff just to kind of bring attention to their manifesto online and then at the end they kind of corner Jessica and have her tied up and the cult leader essentially is like oh I've got big plans for you Jessica and then Jessica is allowed to go on her way unscathed and the book ends and I just felt like for so much build-up, for 500 pages of build-up, I wanted more of a payoff. I wanted more answers. I wanted to know for sure if the car accident had been caused by the cults. I wanted more of a reason for these incredibly wild and imaginative murders to have been committed, aside from, oh, well, we decided to use this book as a sort of template for what we were doing to, to bring awareness. It kind of took away from the witch content as well because it, it turned out that they weren't interested in anything to do with witches. None of the people they killed for ostensibly being witches, you know, by the witch trial methods, had actually been witches. It had all been just kind of a put on. I, I just found it kind of like a bit of a letdown. Like I wanted more from the ending. I wanted it to make more sense. Um, because what we get the ending is Jessica having a kind of dream where her mother speaks to her and it's all a bit kind of, is this mental illness? Is this a dream? Is this a vision of the future? And the last kind of lines are, why are you crying, sweetheart? I know what you did, mum, that morning in the car. I didn't mean to make you cry, darling. Her mother's cold hand is on the skin of her shoulder. No, I'm not crying because you did it. Why then? Because I understand. 
and then the next chapter which is just a single page with one line on it chapter 110 i'm looking in the mirror that's something that her mum has been telling her to do in these dream visions throughout the whole book is to look in the mirror um which actually sort of helps Jessica solve the case because she looks into a, a darkened window and sees the woman behind her and automatically knows, oh, this is the cult leader. But so at the end, we're sort of like, okay, so did her mum cause the car crash? But why? Because we're hinted that Jessica understands why, but she's not telling us. I think for me, kind of like my biggest gripe with the book was that it got to this point. It took 500 pages of my life. Um to go through this plot and I was having quite a good time with the murders and like all of this imag imaginative stuff but it felt like it had sacrificed quite a lot of substance in terms of style so it wanted to put all these cool imaginative things in and, and pull a rabbit out of the hat at the end of every chapter like here's another dead body here's another weird murder here's teeth in a sandwich Jessica isn't who she says she is but then by the end it had to explain all of that stuff and I felt like it didn't really do a good enough or convincing enough job for me um, of doing that. What it reminded me of, um, way back when I started watching Lost, I didn't watch it all the way through because it started to annoy me. Because in like the first, I guess like the first seasons, it's very foggy memory now, they kept finding all this weird stuff. And it was like, we found a statue of the Virgin Mary full of drugs and a polar bear. And there's this computer that you have to put numbers in or something bad will happen. And you have to send reports through this tube. But the tube doesn't lead anywhere. And it kept like throwing all of this stuff like, look at this weird thing. Look at this other weird thing. Here's a polar bear. But it wasn't explaining any of it. And then I think by the end of it, they turn out to be like purgatory or something, which people said oh, it was their theory from like the word go. And it's like, oh, so it doesn't have to make sense because it's like this magical thing that's happening to them. It's not real, so it doesn't have to make sense. And that's kind of what the end of the book felt like to me. It felt like a lot of inventive, incredible plot elements, but they just weren't really connected to enough to interest me in, in reading a second really long book to, to get to the bottom of this mystery. So yeah, I, I, I can't say that I, I had like a great time with the book. I definitely wouldn't read it again. But I feel like, I think they might be making this into a TV series. I think it would work really well as a, as a maybe a TV series because it would, one, be easier to keep things straight if you could see the characters and remember who was who and like see their dynamic a bit more together. And two, I think a lot of the dialogue would then be rewritten and it wouldn't be as, as clunky as it kind of came across to me in, in this book. So I might watch that if it, if it comes out as like a TV series or a film. But for now, I, I, I can't say I really enjoyed it that much. But someone who is like a fan of like really longer crime novels who maybe would want to stick with this for another book would probably enjoy it. So... I encourage you to go check it out of the library or get a copy, read it, make up your own minds. And in the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode. Bye!